In a world of uncertainty, one thing's for sure. Cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie. To support their investment in groundbreaking research to advanced blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or... 1,762 steps inside or outside on stairs on the road or your treadmill climb your way join us for an opening ceremony then take on your climb with our heart pumping playlist join us on june 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb conquer cure register at lls.org slash big climb Welcome to No Dunks. I'm Tass Mellis, and with me is the man making the magic happen, JD. Hello. Hi, we have a special guest joining us today. He scored nearly 10,000 points in the NBA. The man could get buckets. He was the first draft pick and the first player signed by the Charlotte Hornets, and he looked great in those teal unis. And he brings smiles to tweeters' faces all over the world in a time where we need it the most. I'm wearing a blocker charge shirt right now. With us is Rex Chapman. Rex, thank you for joining us. My guy Taz got the rep in the the gear. No I appreciate doubt. it, brother. I appreciate KY it. For KY4KY.com. I know. How you been, man? I'm happy to be on the show. As good as I can be. There's no complaints over here. Uh, okay. Stop complaining a while ago. Um, I uh, I am enjoying seeing your face everywhere. I got to be honest. <laughs> Oh God! Need and not you just and, your tweets, but your face. Yeah, my friends don't feel the same. <laughs> <laughs> I've missed basketball. I've missed seeing you guys. Or your dire straits on that front. Yeah, we're we're, we're all itching. Absolutely. Well, since you bring it up, what do you think of the whole bubble idea in Orlando next month? Oh man, I'm trying to remain optimistic about it. I I want it to work. I just. This virus, it's, I, I don't know how you're going to, all right, suppose we start playing this and then, you know, you get into it and LeBron, you know, gets COVID, you know, is tested for COVID. Um, it, 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 I just don't, I mean, do we think that we're going to actually have a bubble of nobody in there? Nobody's going to get in there to, uh, I, it just seems optimistic, mm-hmm. I think. But I'm pulling for it. I miss basketball. I just also want everyone to be healthy. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of hard to see people not leaving the bubble and coming back right. in. And um, things are sort of good in the Orange County area, in the Orlando, Walt Disney area. And sort of good. It's kind of a dumb <laughs> thing to say. Um, but the numbers aren't bad there. Uh, it's just yeah. it's crazy to think that we're also projecting – yeah, seven months or seven weeks down the road. This is a, yeah, we have no idea. You know, it's right. all kind of yeah. It's very fluid, as they say. You know what's fluid, Rex? What you start throwing up videos on your Twitter account, <laughs> and in an instant, less than seven weeks, in an instant, people start following you and retweeting your videos. I think it was 
the beginning of 2019 mm-hmm. when you started uh, throwing up videos. I know, listen, I know it's not your favorite topic to talk about your Twitter account. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we've got some young people who listen yeah, to the show. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, some people may not know you as a basketball player, so I, right. I got to familiarize them with you and who you are. They just know your Twitter <laughs> account, so I got to ask: How did Blocker Charge start, and how did it, how did it just become an avalanche and erupt into now like almost a million people following you? It's just so it's so weird. Um, in like I, I think about ten years ago, Jim Rome was a buddy of mine, and. He said, man, you should get on Twitter. And I thought Twitter was the dumbest thing in the world, and it still kind of is. <laughs> um, but so he talked me into getting on there, and I was on there for two or three years probably. And just snarky, snarky, can I cuss? On yeah. There? Oh, yeah. Snarky, snarky bullshit. Just, you know, like Twitter is, arguing with people and what and whatnot. And then I got in trouble. I, you know, was, have, have had painkiller addiction for I had for 14 or 15 years I've been clean for about five years but I took a break during that time naturally uh after rehab in like 2014 and I wasn't on Twitter at all for a couple years then started kind of dabbling again and posted a, a stupid video that people thought was kind of funny or clever I guess uh at the beginning of last year and I probably went from about 75, yeah, 70, 75,000 followers to, you know, there's probably three quarters of a million on there now. It's just the dumbest kind of, you couldn't, you couldn't plan it for sure. It's, mm-hmm. it's just weird. Just very weird. Yeah. There's, there's people in offices. Well, not anymore, but in virtual offices right now saying to each other, how do we go viral? How do we go viral? And I know Rex did it. You're just throwing up videos. It's crazy. It's crazy. You know what's else is kind of crazy? I last year I went to get my SEC media credential in Nashville, and I go down to the area you're supposed to go to, and there were, you know, eight to ten interns down there working for the SEC that probably went to school at Vandy, and I gave them my ID. And they looked at me, and I was late. I was trying to get into the game, so I was kind of rushing and being shitty anyway. So I handed them my ID, and they kind of looked at it. They, just a couple of them showed it to other people, and one of the guys comes up and says, "Are you Rex Chapman?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "The guy from Twitter." I said, "Yeah." And this was at the SEC basketball tournament, um, you know. So these kids just had no idea that uh, I ever played basketball, which is kind of cool. It's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, it is. Kind of refreshing. Yeah, we uh, we you know we pretend to be young and uh, into uh, young people things on this show, and so Good. I think there are some young people who are feeling the same way right now. Yeah, Rex scored I get it. ten thousand points in the NBA. That guy was a baller. He hung thirty nine on MJ <laughs> in ninety five, ninety six. Yeah. Oh, it's so silly, man. So silly. Oh. Life is life is weird. <laughs> it is weird. That's a that's a great quote. If anyone, if yeah. if you take anything from this podcast, those three life words, is, man. Life right is there. weird. Life <laughs> is weird, and life is hard. Duh, make no mistake about it. There's nothing easy about it. So you must get hundreds, thousands of videos sent to you a day that you have to just filter through because you do the filtering yourself, right? And then you post it yourself. Yeah, I do, and I. 
it's much easier now. And there are there are a half dozen to a dozen people scattered all over. I mean, probably well, a, a couple in other countries that I've just met through Twitter, who send me videos now. They're generous, uh, just people that know kind of what other people like on my stupid channel. So I'll just I'll get the video now and then just sort of think of a caption to go with it um, for the most part. But yeah, it's it's great. At first, I was spending more time trying to find these blocker charge videos, which, by the way, they're great, uh, I guess. But you can only hit people over the head with people getting hurt. At some point, I I and started. I still do the locker charge from time to time, and uh, we've got that silly show on Adult Swim now. But um, for the for the most part, you know, I try to put up dog videos and feel good kind of stuff, especially right now, pandemic, uh, all of the you know civil unrest and and whatnot. So people, I think people want to just take a break uh, from what's going on outside our homes and and just find a minute or two to make them laugh or smile. Yeah, because I think coming through, uh, the, the timeline is a lot of, you call it a stupid account, but there is a lot of those feel-good moments and people being happy. And what I do see coming through my timeline are people saying, just take a minute and watch this. Right. And it's it's not a person getting kneecapped. It's right. usually, it's a feel-good moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, the last question about the Twitter account. Mm-hmm. What are the rules? Because I, I remember months and months ago when we talked about it real briefly, you yeah. said you, you do have a couple of rules. What are the rules? Yeah. Yeah, you can't die. No, no dying. Um, I, I don't know if there are any other rules. Um, no, I think that's it. <laughs> yeah, I think you can't you can't die on there. And I don't like to show, and I won't show anybody that gets. Uh, messed up to a point where they're not going to be okay at some point. Um, so yeah, at first uh, I pushed, I pushed it. I pushed it <laughs> at times. And, uh, you know, you find out very quickly, um, you know, what, what people can and want to look at and what they do not want to look at. So I'm, I'm kind of weird. I have a, uh, it, watching gory stuff doesn't really bother me, uh, but I know it does most people. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about why I really wanted to have you on the show because you are speaking out against racism and for the hardships that black people face in our country. You wrote a right. very spirited article in the Lexington Herald Leader about growing up in Kentucky, playing ball, um, with a lot of black teammates and how they were treated differently, how the police treated them differently. So it's just a, a sort of a generic first question. What drove you to speak out? Well, um, you know, I, Stevie Jackson, uh, Steven Jackson was my rookie. He was a rookie in Phoenix when I was uh, uh, playing there. He didn't make our team, but Stevie and and George Flint, uh, they, they were boys, grew up together. Stevie's my boy. Uh, seeing what happened last week um, in Minneapolis, I don't know that I'll get over. I've had the privilege of learning about racism. I, I don't, I've not experienced it in a negative way. Um, you know, as, much, as many 
of us white people that think that we're woke or you're never, you're, you're never going to get it. You're never going to get what it's like. And I, I was just, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. And I, you know, there's kind of this, I, you know, I think there was a misconception a lot around where I live uh, now that, that we had a black president and then that was it. That was going to be the end of racism. Well, no. Also had we, elected Hillary Clinton as president, sexism wouldn't have ended. I mean, it's like a marriage. You're, you you got to commit and then you got to continue to work at it. Um, and, and just to be people, clear, you're in Kentucky right now. I'm in Kentucky. Yeah. And, you know, just talking about the systemic part of it. Um, I was lucky in that I grew up in a town of about 50,000 people that had a lot of black people in it. My dad played basketball with and against those those black guys, his his peers growing up. I had a built-in bunch of friends down in the projects that, and I from the time I was seven or eight, you know, I'd be t- I would uh, ride my bike there or be taken there for the weekend, and I'd stay the weekend. So, and I also did that with my white friends in the country. Uh, so I really did, you know, experience a lot of that. And what I can say, I was lucky from a basketball perspective because honest to goodness when I left Kentucky and you know and would go to basketball camps outside the state most of the kids that I was playing against they weren't as good as the guys I was grew up with playing against and with in my hometown so a that really helped me but b it also taught me something else around 13 years old you start if you're any good at basketball you start getting these you know invitations to go to a basketball camp that's how it was back in the day anyway that invitation wasn't it wasn't a comp thing you still had to pay to go but you'd go and there'd be college scouts there well my dad was the local basketball coach at the college it was like if $200 to go to camp i got to go to camp None of my teammates did. None of my friends in the projects got to go. There was no way they were going to go. Um, it was just, it was an advantage that I had that they didn't. And, you know, when I think back, I, I didn't give a, a shit about school. I didn't. But my folks were there saying, hey, you got to make your grades or you can't, you know, you're not even going to be able to play basketball. Well, my, my friends in the hood, <laughs> they're... You know, their mom might not come home at night. They might not know their dad. They might maybe living with their grandparents who, you know, have already raised seven kids. So, you know, I would go stay in the projects and, you know, for a weekend and there would be, you know, eight people in a two bedroom place with no air conditioning, 95 degrees outside. All the windows are up. It's privilege that, that I had that my friends didn't. And I'm just tired of dancing around the issue. That's all, Taz. Sorry to go on off on a no, tangent. Do do not apologize. I, I think that's. Um, I think you just said you're tired of it, and, and you, it's time to speak out. And I found it interesting, um, just to try and make things a little bit positive here, because if there is any little spark, this, this little ray of hope is in all this, it's that. People are finding their voice to be able to speak out, and uh, I even I, I read a, a quote from you, and I know it's weird to read uh, someone <laughs> their their quote, but I'm going to read it to yeah. you. This is this is from March 
Um, you talked to ESPN's Ryan McGee on March 3rd, and, and you weren't speaking out then. This was obviously before George Floyd. You said, I have strong opinions about certain things, but I realized at some point that there are a lot of smarter people out there than me commenting on that stuff. People with political science degrees and politicians and doctors and lawyers. All the stuff that I think I have a strong opinion about doesn't matter. They don't want to hear that from me. That's the end of the quote. And I know JD, um, you know, on, on this podcast here, myself, we all sort of feel that way as well. I'll go on Twitter and I'll see somebody have an opinion about race mm-hmm. or about something. And I'll say, well, it's already there. I mean, I don't have to say it. But right. I mean, that's the scariest part about being a human being for me. I mean, one, one of the scariest yeah. things is, is that if you don't feel like you have a voice, you're f***ed. I mean, yeah. that's, no. it's, 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 it's just so dwarfing. It's so, it's so difficult to deal with. And, and it's, I, I find it very, very inspiring to hear you go from that to what you're doing now. Yeah. And you know, I really don't want to, I don't want to be doing this. I, I really don't, I really don't, but I, I I'm with you. There is a, a ray of hope. Now, when I think back, I could have, I had these same opinions, many of these same opinions when I was 18. I could have said something I could have and I didn't uh, because everyone was telling me hey man you know that might affect affect your pocketbook and your image and this and that and this and that it took me you know actually I did say something about it about 15 years ago it kind of you know made its way around and then died but it's taken me till I'm 52 to really come out and say you know some things and look I feel qualified to do this. I if I know three things, Taz. I know basketball. If I stay in my lane, I'll I'll be all right. I know basketball. I know drugs, <laughs> opioids, um, and I know race from an, a white athlete's perspective. Um, my own, you know, experiences. I don't have a problem speaking out on any of that stuff. I've experienced it. I know. I know what I'm talking about. Um, I'm not going to delve into other areas uh, politically or otherwise because I don't know shit about them. So I'm going to try to stay in my lane and look, I'm going to hit people with facts. I'm not going to give them, you know, my opinion on opioids. I'm going to hit them with the facts. Uh, I'm going to hit them with the facts racially, but because, you know, I can't believe that we're here. I cannot believe that we're even here uh, talking about this stuff again. However, the silver lining is that I've not seen people this upset um, racially since I was a kid, you know, in the 60s and 70s. So this, I think ultimately, hopefully, we're going to get to a, a better spot. Um, but again, I, I'll, and I'll say it plainly, <laughs> George Floyd's death as the March, as the Black Lives Matter march was going on, Rand Paul, one of our Kentucky senators, was in Washington trying to block and blocking anti-lynching legislation. And look, man, that can't stand that, you know, and people don't talk about him like they talk about Steve King, who they call a racist. What are we even talking about here? Blocking, making you want to make it easier for people who lynch black people to not go to prison? What are we even talking about? This is the, I mean, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills again, Taz. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, uh, you said you, you you didn't want to talk about politics, but I, I was going to bring that up as well because I've heard you talk about that bill, and I know there's people out there that say, "Hey, I I don't want to deal with with politics," but it, it's hard to sometimes separate yourself and sometimes block out what the hell is going on, all that noise on Twitter, and actually see what's happening, what legitimate things are happening to change our world, the laws and and the voting suppression and and that that is bonkers what what, bonkers. You, what you just said the, and i and i've read about it and um it is it, it is it's bonkers nuts. it's it nuts is. i mean in america what in two, two, 2020 yeah there's I mean, one person on, holding man. up a bill yeah um, and, I mean, and what? Who are you serving there? Yeah, I, I mean, I I live in Kentucky. I'm born and raised here. I don't know one person, and I've talked to everyone over the last week. I don't know one person that goes, "Yeah, you know, he's really doing a good thing for Kentuckians there." What you're doing a good thing for absolutely nobody, nobody, and that's the truth. I've never I've never experienced a time in my life where the leadership. You know, Taz, we've all played sports. We've all been on teams. You know leaders who inspire and those who don't. The best leaders inspire you to be better than you ever think that you can be. This leadership, actually, think about it, inspires people to be worse than they already are. And I can't stand, I can't sit by and, I mean, come on, this is a joke. And if anybody doesn't think, please, please look up Greg Popovich's quote from a couple weeks ago. That dude, if you ever want to know why he can inspire people during a 20-second timeout or a halftime, that dude is Hall of Fame uh, quote waiting to happen. What a what an unbelievable uh, job he did of breaking down our leadership. Oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate you, uh, your passion there. And, and I know we're all trying to be, and I'm in the same boat, uh, I'm a... Uh, I, I'm a, a privileged white man, and I am trying to be as "quote unquote" woke as possible. I am. Uh, I'm reading the books that are on the New York Times bestseller list. I guess that's a good sign um, that everybody is pretending to read, anyways. Um, but I'll, I'll hit you with a tough question about that. In your words, well, what, what, go ahead. I was going to say, people keep asking me how I'm doing. I say, well, what? I'm I'm white. What could be better? I mean, <laughs> I was very white here. Uh, we're living in a really white world right now. I mean, good Lord, what could be better? A, a heterosexual uh, adult white man? I hit the lottery. <laughs> is, there, is there any any advice, any anything you could you would say to someone who, um, I mean, not just isn't racist, but somebody who mm-hmm. you want to turn anti-racist to help yeah. to be like what you're doing right now? You know, someone asked me the other day what I thought about Roger Goodell's, you know, flip-flop. And I said, pathetic. It was pathetic, but okay, good. And they asked me about Drew Brees, and I said, disappointing. Uh, I said, but listen, man, I've been pathetic before. And you're not judged. You're never judged. People are... You shouldn't be judged by your worst moment. The only it, the only way you you should be judged negatively for that is if you don't do something to make that narrative change. If you don't try to do better, 
and be better and learn from it. So whereas I thought it was pathetic and disappointing, all right, here's where we are. And so far, you know, they've taken the right steps. So, you know, let's let's try to learn and grow from it, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, NASCAR is banning Confederate flags from their races. That's, and dude, that's and listen, I I I had said something snarky last night on Twitter. I'm sure, like, count me unimpressed. It's 2020, <laughs> but hey, man, but I, it's a start. It yeah. is a start, and I applaud them. I do. I, you know, it's like I remember Chris Rock saying a long time ago: "You shouldn't be praised for something you're supposed to be doing anyway." But it is a start and it's a step and guess what they'll get some backlash over this from their fans you just wait and watch it's not going to be seamless <laughs> no there's i think there's already uh one driver yeah. who said he's quitting yeah a driver who by the way never won a race ever <laughs> look it up he's quitting <laughs> and he had he had the courage to walk away from a sport that he never ever won at that's that's really that's courageous. <laughs> <laughs> Just getting some headlines on his way out. Um, it's, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's 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 obviously it's 2020, and it sounds nuts that there were Confederate flags at NASCAR races in the first place. Yeah, but I think that goes back to your point there about being judged uh, if you can't turn things around. That's well, right. you know, if right, if NASCAR said, "Oh no." Oh no, you can't take away our quote unquote right. history, our legacy. Right. Everybody out there can take a step. If a, if a sports league or a, you know a sports organization can take a step, like Roger Goodell did, uh, you know, like NASCAR did, an individual can as well. So there's. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with you, Taz. And I and I want to say something. I there's not a chance, not a chance in hell. I don't have a team. But if, my, if I'm on a team, if I'm playing in the league right now and our, my teammates kneel, I'm kneeling with them. Come on, man. That's not even a question. And it's going to take somebody doing something major on a big stage for that to happen. But what I, I appreciate so much what the, what the black football players did in getting together and putting out a message because it put pressure. It put pressure on Roger Goodell and them. Um, Man, it, this is the whole anthem thing has never been about the flag. I, every time somebody says that, I want to say it's about the injustice. Stupid. That's and, and but I can't. So you got to try to look. If the, if it was about the anthem and the flag, the restaurant, the restrooms and concession stands would be closed while they did all of it. You wouldn't be able to go take a during the anthem. No, you wouldn't. If that if it was so fucking important, it, you you just wouldn't. And now. The football players put their league on blast, and the league, the league stepped to the forefront and had to do something. And I applaud those players. But here's what I want to say: We can think of the handful of players who who uh, knelt over the last few years. Uh, we know some of their names. A lot more players, and I know this for for a fact. A lot more players wanted to kneel. But when you're playing in the NFL and your average uh, life expectancy in that league, career expectancy, is three years or whatever, 
Um, there are other things that you have, you must take into consideration. And if you think guys weren't worried about their pocketbooks over there, uh, you're sorely mistaken. And they should be, rightfully so. We, I remember making decisions based on that when I was playing. I didn't have to have to make this kind of decision though. So I, I, I applaud, I, I applaud these football players. I really do. Yeah, the football players obviously made Roger Goodell make that statement. Um, they by, did, and yeah. the, but I, when I'm saying this, I'm equally as disappointed as I was in how the NFL's handled it over the last year. I couldn't be more proud of our league. I couldn't. I really couldn't uh, in the NBA. Uh, from coronavirus to racial issues, I mean, we are at the we're at the front of of all this stuff, and it makes me proud 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 to have played basketball in this in this league and uh you're close obviously with the uh, the kentucky wildcats and doing work for them um how do you see the outlook on, on the sort of the college front uh this coming season both from you know uh, put the basketball aside just from mm-hmm. this this injustice standpoint will we see that type of behavior from that type of action from from young players which is obviously a lot to ask kids that's that's a lot to ask, um, I, and I don't know. I don't know that we will or not. Um, whether we will or not, it, that I think that remains to be seen. I do know this that I'm gonna, uh, I'll be marching on Saturday with a bunch of basketball players, current and former, uh, here in here in Lexington. So, you know, look, times are changing, and you better get on board and and keep up, or you're gonna get left behind. Yeah, and you have done. Uh a lot of fundraising uh, for charities through blocker charge for KY KY for KY.com got it not for for KY go. for KY there's, there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot of words there yeah it uh, is but you raised a ton of money for people trying to cope with coronavirus related hardships uh, through your Rex Chapman COVID-19 relief fund I think it was after three days it was 150k um what did it get up to? I'm not, we, we, not asking yeah. you to brag, but this, no, is, no. this is important stuff. No, we got we got to around two two thirty to two hundred thirty to two hundred forty grand. We've we've given away most of it at this point. And when I say this, this is the coolest part about the whole Twitter thing. Um, you know, Sal, Sal I, I was down on my luck for a while. I was a lottery pick in the NBA. I probably made forty million dollars playing and for you know four years ago i was living on friends couches and staying in my car a couple nights so i know what it's like to be scared and alone and down and and feeling like you know you're desperate sometimes you you just need a hot meal to get through the night we we gave money to you know places here in kentucky and new york and new jersey for meals uh you know food banks and first responders, PPE, that that's the good stuff. And all of that came just as a result of this, you know, Twitter and people were so generous. So, uh, you know, not a lot makes me happy, but that, that makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've got more to get to, but first a word from our sponsors. Warning, this ad contains mild language, which some viewers may find disturbing. Listener's discretion. Is advised. Sunday scaries aren't scary. They're the opposite. 
They are specially formulated CBD gummies with vitamins that are super consumable and easy to take wherever you may find yourself during this scary time. The specially formulated CBD products can help you with quieting your mind, concentrating on what matters, and straight chillin'. We're doing a lot of that these days. And right now, you can get 25% off your first order with the code NODUNKS at sundayscaries.com. That's 25% off your first order at sundayscaries.com by entering code NODUNKS, where it asks for a coupon code on the checkout page. Find out what product might be best for you. Go to sundayscaries.com and use code NODUNKS. You just reminded me, we were talking about the, the national anthem. You shouldn't be in the, in the bathroom. Um, if if it was important, they'd close the bathrooms. They'd close concessions. You know what I don't like what? is people chewing gum during the anthem. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a, a traditionalist. But really? I, yeah. And you know what? It reminded me of a story of us when we were working together. I, I chew know. gum all the time. I know. I know. I, yeah. That, I mean, that doesn't bother me. You can chew it whenever okay. you want. But all right. so uh, not during the anthem. <laughs> not during the anthem. I don't know what wow, it is. Wow, okay. I've never heard this one before, though. <laughs> but it reminded me of, of a story when we were sitting together. We're working all night. We're watching games all night for, for the bounce. You know where I'm getting? Where I'm yeah, going? I do. I absolutely yeah. do. So you're sitting on one side of me. Ryan Hollins, former player, current media personality, is on the other side. And you guys requested a drink. Not an alcoholic drink. A drink earlier in the night. You guys get whatever you got in your mugs. And at some point, hours later, Ryan Holland yep. says, there's gum in my mug. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think while we were on air and or we, we went right to break. And because I had tasted right at that moment when he said that, I had tasted my drink just before and it wasn't my drink. I was like somebody poured. It was like somebody poured Ryan's drink into my drink. Something like that. And anyway, he ended up with my gum in his mouth, and I, I guess we laughed for the rest of the show, right? Yeah, be- because yeah, because somehow the mugs got switched, I think, and, and you yeah. like to have your gum on the edge of your... Yeah, on, in my drink. Oh, in your and drink. I, I thought it was like I on the edge of your no, mug for later. You save it, it for later, but you just I throw it in there. Later. I chew one piece all day. That's what kind of addict I am. One piece... And I keep it in my drink when I go when I eat or do whatever. Yeah, I'm that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the flavor of my gum. What? I don't like the flavor of gum. I just don't like it, but I like the chewing part. <laughs> <laughs> so I chew all the flavor out of it and then put it in my drink when I've got to go on TV. <laughs> Oh, that is hilarious. <laughs> so, I'm start, do you want... I should just, we should, I, that's the next thing, unflavored gum yeah, that's for, addict, for addicts. <laughs> and, but not, you, you must not be chewed during the national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's impossible to chew. If you put it in your mouth and the national anthem yeah. starts, you get electrocuted. It, it, yeah. I don't know. Um, <laughs> And then that would be a great video for blocker charge right there. The guy who got electrocuted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I know you were close to Wes Unseld. Yeah. The great Wes Unseld who who recently passed. And uh, you mentioned him in your, in your article. What did uh, Wes Unseld mean to you? Uh, Man, he, he really just taught me so much about 
oh, well, about basketball, but he's from my hometown or my home state. Uh, he, he played around the time my, my dad was playing. And then for four years, he was my coach in Washington. And Wes had a real rough exterior, if you looked at it, sort of like John Thompson, you know, mm-hmm. kind of uh, intimidating if you didn't know him. Both of those guys, John and Wes, couldn't be, they couldn't be, and Wes couldn't have been a sweeter person. Big John's one of the sweetest guys you'll ever know. I mean, um, seeing seeing their human side and seeing Wes's human side was one of the best things I've, I've ever experienced. He experienced things very different, very differently growing up in this state as like, you know, the next great thing. I grew up in this state with very different experiences than Wes had growing up exactly the same way as the next great thing. And being able to share those things with him, talk about, you know, race and children, you know, I, his children were high school age when mine were just being born, uh, things about fatherhood and he's just a great man. I'm going to miss him. I didn't get to uh, to know him obviously uh, through basketball, watching him play. Um, but he, everybody, sort of like John Thompson, interesting. You brought him up. Uh, just always good words about Wes, Wes yeah. Unseld. So uh, yeah. I did want to ask you uh, about that before we go. Thank but you. Uh, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you go. I th- you probably got to do some uh, some, <laughs> some str- maybe some stretches before Saturday before your walk. But you keep in That's pretty right. good shape, actually. I keep in shape. I'm back in the pool now. I. I it was hard there for a couple months, though, man. You know, the gyms were closed and all the pools were closed. So I was having to walk. My, I was, you know, you get used to your routine and swimming is my routine. So I'm back in the pool now. I feel much, much better. You're, uh, you're like our producer here, JD. JD getting back in the pool. There we go. <laughs> there we go, JD. Get them laps in, baby. <laughs> Got to do my butterfly. There you go. I stay. I, I don't. I, I I stay away from butterfly. I do back, breast, and free. I don't do butterfly. I I, I swam as a kid competitively, and was really good at the the IM. Mm-hmm. And kit. Fortunately, butterfly was not last, and I was a great breast breaststroker. <laughs> the kids would catch up to me on the butterfly, and then I just have to smoke them in the breaststroke. <laughs> uh, well, we'll let you go. Rex, I know uh, you know we can direct people to your Twitter account, but is there anything else you Absolutely. want to draw people's attention to? No, not really. Just uh, m- mainly uh, pay attention to this this Black Lives Matter stuff. Um, you know, we uh, basketball is a tough sport to to have racist. Uh, it, it's tough to be a racist and or be racist and associated with basketball at a at, at an older level um i feel very fortunate and i'm very appreciative of my nba family and my college family um and all the guys i grew up with and just i mainly i just want to be there again we can only be so woke man we, we don't there's no way we can get it be an ally for all of our friends and brothers and sisters uh who who we know um who are not white be an ally that's it. Sorry, and blocker charge Thursday nights live, ten o'clock. Let's go. Adultswim.com. Yeah. Is, Adult, is that what it is? You're Adult, streaming on Adultswim. Uh, Adultswim.com. Yeah, Adultswim. Uh, get the app. Get it. Get it on your TV. 
and trust me it's terrible 30 minutes but it's better than thinking about the news (laughs) (laughs) appreciate it rex thanks guys that's it for us we will be back friday to make predictions about this nba bubble we're just itching to talk about some basketball thank you we'll be back on friday you could stay